Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. And thank you for listening today. It's always a pleasure to have you with me, and uh, I'm I'm always... uh, Excited to bring back old friends and 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 good guests. Um, and uh, today I'm going to be talking with again with a Miranda McCroskey. Uh, she's the founder and lead attorney of Unlock Legal. Uh, and Unlock Legal, get this, it's a law firm that focuses on criminal defense and professional license defense for Californians in trouble with their licensing boards. Now anything can happen. You you know you're a professional. You might have gone out and celebrated that you could go to a restaurant again, maybe had a couple drinks, got in the car and, and see the blue lights behind you. And you're in trouble not only uh, with the law, but with your professional board, your licensing board. And you need someone who knows how to navigate that. And that's Miranda. So Miranda, thanks so much for joining me today. It's great to talk with you. Hi, Bill. It's nice to talk to you again. It's been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah. It seems it seems like longer than long, but um you know, we're making it through it and uh you know, you've been very busy. I've been noticing you've been uh, hiring people and and staying busy with what you're doing. So apparently uh the word's gotten out that Unlock Legal is uh is an, a needed service out there, but I know that um you know, Unlock Legal is something that you found through through uh, trying different areas, uh, uh, you've always been in criminal defense, but in different specialties and areas in the law. Um, so tell us more about uh, how you came upon the idea for Unlock Legal and a little bit more about what you do and your background, Miranda. Yeah. Um, well, as you said, I practiced criminal defense for over 20 years, and that was very rewarding. I started to see that when my clients were licensed professionals in California, like doctor, teacher, chiropractor, CPA, anybody, if, if I helped them with the criminal matter, they'd often come back to me and say, well, my board is now interested in this conviction, and what do I do next? And after a while, I decided that was the niche I wanted to focus on. So we still do criminal defense. And the sweet spot would be handling someone's underlying criminal matter and then being able to represent them in front of their boards. But many times we just get the people where the conviction has occurred and any other bad acts that didn't rise to the level of a conviction. And um, we help them there. We like to say we help people get their license, keep their license and get their license back. Mm. Yeah, I like that. The you know, I I think a lot of people maybe don't think about what kind of problems they could face with their board. But I know you know I'm I'm a licensed person myself, and nobody wants to get those kinds of uh, 
letters in the mail or whatever that you're being you're being reviewed because of something that happened and so but there are lots of like you said there are lots of licenses types of licenses you defend uh, give us a rundown of uh, of who what kind of licenses you do defend I think I'll package that answer inside of the reference I made earlier to getting to get your license, keep your license, and get your license back. When I say we help people get their license, we help them apply. So picture, picture a, young, uh, a young person gets out of college with a Bachelor of Science in nursing, and they settle down to do their application to the Board of Registered Nurses in California, and they come across this question about a criminal conviction, and they think, man... I think I got a conviction. <laughs> I think that vandalism charge, you know, where I graffitied with lipstick on the mirror oh, in that uh-huh. public bathroom, right? I think that was a conviction, but gosh, did I get that expunged? So then they have a lot of doubts and confusion on how to disclose it properly in their application. So we love those cases because we research the, um, their, their rap sheet or their Department of Justice report. We find out what really is in their background and what can we clean up and then we take those actions, and then we draft their application. And the hopes is that their application isn't denied and that they can be accepted by whatever board they're after and move forward. If, it, if their application is denied, that's called a statement of issues. And a lot of people come to us at that point. They don't know to come to us first. So they bring us the denial, and we can defend against that statement of issues. And sometimes we go back and clean up the criminal issues that the person didn't disclose properly or didn't know they had. Um, Anyway, we do that defense. All of that is in hopes that they can get their license. But if they're an active licensee and something fresh happens, and usually that is a a new criminal issue, um, a DUI, domestic violence, petty theft, all sorts of things, drug charges, a new criminal issue can cause their license to be at risk of discipline or just as I said earlier, just bad acts that don't rise to the level of a criminal conviction, but it's still an allegation. And so um, those are the kinds of people we help just to defend their license, to keep their license. And then lastly, Mm -hmm. and I love this one, we help people get their license back. They gave it up for some reason. They gave it up as part of a plea deal for a former criminal issue. They gave it up because they, they just didn't know how to fight for it. Um, They defaulted and they, they literally didn't defend themselves for whatever reason, but after a few years, they're eligible to get their license back. And we love filing petitions for reinstatement and showing how the person rehabilitated themselves over the years. And uh, we love it when someone's able to practice the career of their choice again. And you also asked what kind of licensee boards, I guess I'll just answer that now. Really everything. In the beginning, uh-huh. I, I thought maybe I had to be limited, but no, everything's under the Administrative Procedure Act, so it's all very similar as far as the process we go through. So I've helped people. Recently, I helped a foster care mom who was at threat of losing her license. We have dentists and doctors and all sorts of nurses. Um, by all sorts, I mean vocational nurses, registered nurses, certified nursing assistants, CPAs, doctors, teachers, quite a lot of teachers. Um, contractors, we have a lot of contractors, Department of Insurance, real estate. I mean, it goes on, Bill. There's, we have no limitation. I like to say I'm board agnostic. That's great. That's good to know because, yeah, you know, the first part that you mentioned of getting your license, I hadn't thought about that side of it. But, yeah, I know uh, 
you know, when you're when you're getting any kind of a license out there, and, and I'm in financial services, so I go through the, the checklist. Have you ever? All the have you ever's, right? <laughs> have you ever? Yeah. And you get through some of those. Uh, and I would imagine in some cases people are scratching their head, going, "Yeah, I I don't know how to answer this correctly. I certainly don't want to put the wrong answer, but I I don't know if they care about this particular situation. And they would probably they would need someone to talk to about that and say, Yeah, you." Yeah, we have to answer that, yes, but let's qualify it or quantify it or make sure that whatever happened has been cleaned up. Um, so that's an interesting facet of it. Now, of course, uh, like you said, it's not just uh, uh, um, white-collar professionals that need your help. It's, it's, uh, it's all across the board. Anybody, everybody's under some authority, it seems like, these days uh, in the, when you talk about contractors and uh, and things like that. What are some of the the biggest numbers of calls, the biggest reasons you get the biggest number of calls for? What, what's an example of like a, uh, yep, this is our, our second one of these this week? Oh, yeah, we definitely have that. I'd say nurses call most often. Um, I, I don't know the why of that. Maybe it's a numbers game. Uh, but they call most often, and it's almost always because of a criminal conviction. That could come in the form of, it's an open case and they have a different criminal defense attorney, but they call us for a consultation or they, they, their case is over and they don't know how to disclose it properly. So they call for that or uh, an accusation has already been filed against them based on the criminal conviction. And they call for that. They come in all stages of the process. Uh, Miranda, what, what are some things that um, you find that people just commonly don't know like for instance um that that a board just because you get a letter from a board doesn't mean it's a done deal that things can be negotiated what what would be some of the things that you found out there that that you know um i know it looks bad but i we can we can handle this yeah that's a great question um i do have some answers um well one thing that came across our path recently is people have an inkling that they have to tell their boards once a conviction happens. But what they don't know is if it's a felony, they have to tell the board when the case is filed against them. It's counterintuitive. You think you should be innocent until proven guilty, right? You think you shouldn't have to disclose that someone is pointing at you. You only disclose it when it's handled. Well, no. And so people will come to us and ask, They'll say, my conviction came down, when do I disclose? And I say, yeah, that you should have done that nine months ago when the case is filed. So that's an interesting one. Um, also, the different boards have different requirements. Sometimes it's 30 days post-conviction. Sometimes it's time of arrest. So that's something they need to be aware of. Um, another thing is everything's negotiable, right? We know that from life. And settlement is super common in the legal world. But a lot of people don't know what they're settling for, what what the possibilities are. And what we know is, yeah, I can get you probation probably, but do you know there's like 24 different terms and conditions of probation and those can all be negotiated? And perhaps um, a subsection of those are called substance abuse terms. I had someone who, (laughs) how did it happen? A, a, A DUI that was probably five years old came to light and they got an accusation against them for that conviction. Maybe they, maybe they, maybe it was three years old and they told the board about it when they renewed their license, but whatever, a long time had passed. 
And the board wanted to put them on substance abuse terms, which means many, many, many years after that conviction, the board wanted them going to group and AAs and random drug testing. So we've spent a lot of time and effort trying to prove their sobriety over these years, and it's really hard to prove a negative, but we found a way um, by talking about I just, I've forgotten how we did it, but we proved a way to show their sobriety existed and they were allowed to not have substance abuse terms, which saved them a lot of hassle and time and money. So there's an, an, there is an example of something that can be negotiated. Um, there's also something called cost recovery. In the criminal world, you would never hear of a court billing a defendant for the district attorney's time in investigating the case and prosecuting the case, but it does happen in the administrative law world. They literally bill the client. And that cost recovery amount, I've seen it range from a thousand bucks to twenty thousand bucks. And I'm sure it goes, you know, everywhere in between and higher. And uh, that's a piece that can be negotiated as well. So those are three examples. Three good examples that, that just demonstrate um, the the need for having someone who's been around the block and, and been a criminal defender and knows the subtle nuances uh, of of what um, the solutions and how to how to approach this might be. Uh, do a lot of people um, think? Well, you know what? I'll, I'll just handle this on my own, and then they find out they get in trouble and then call you. Or I know you'd prefer they call you first, but uh, <laughs> do you get a lot of calls from people that go, you know, I I got in I got in deeper. Yeah, to some extent, I would say yes. You know, earlier I mentioned they call us at all stages of the process. And to your question, why are they at that stage of the process and just calling? Because they attempted to do it on their own. Um, I had one guy, real estate. We were sitting in an investigation, and we were there because he had tried to disclose. He knew he had, like, a few things in his past. And he made up, he's like, oh, I think I had the DUI seven years ago, maybe around Christmas. So he put a DUI from December seven years ago, which didn't exist. Now the CRE is wanting to promote court records to the DUI that they can't find on his rap sheet. Well, because he made it up. And, and, and the one that was really happened, it really happened like five years ago that he didn't mention. Now he's, now he's in trouble because he didn't disclose that properly. So... <laughs> We're trying to undo the one he made up. We're trying to support the one he didn't disclose properly. Um, that's an example of someone who DIY'd it and had a problem. Um, frankly, any time they get a statement of issues, I mentioned that earlier, that was like when the application is denied. Anytime that happens, I wish they had come to us for the application because I could have hopefully done an application that wouldn't have had it be denied in lieu of having to fight a denial. So there's a couple examples of DIYs. Yeah, you know, something came to mind as you're as you're talking about that, and that is that you know, be very be very specific and very accurate when you fill out these forms. If you can't remember something, go find out like what the dates were or what the timeline was, because that form just doesn't go into a file folder and disappear. That can be pulled back out and used against you at any time in the future, right? That's right. That's right. I tell everybody to go get a live scan, which is the, I keep mentioning the Department of Justice report and a rap sheet, live scan. They're all the same. It's your criminal history. It doesn't cost very much money. You can do it in all sorts of local locations these days. So we make everybody start when we encourage them to pull a live scan so I can see what's there in reality and get those cleaned up in reality, not their guesses. 
Yeah, and these days, you know, a lot of people are maybe in their uh, let's say later in their career and maybe applying for something new and maybe they don't remember everything that happened or the 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 you know the details the timelines and all that kind of stuff so is that that's an area that you get involved with and maybe like you said help them get the uh, the right reports so they can find out those details that their licensing board are going to have access to yes exactly exactly and of course, they don't remember. We want to block it out, right? I, I don't blame them for not remembering. So let's pull the documents and be clear. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you've been, when you're, when you get older, you realize a lot's happened in your life that you don't remember the exact timelines because you <laughs> tried to forget it. So, right. Miranda, I don't, I, I know the answers to this, but I, I want to ask you, um, when someone says, "Well, you know, there's, there's other services that do this." What differentiates you from other attorneys who do what you do? Well, I believe our criminal defense background, and I say our because my associate also has a criminal defense background, I believe that is a big differentiator in this space um, because so often, as I, as I said repeatedly, uh, the issue arises from a past criminal problem. Now, um, so my colleagues, and I'm sure they're very well respected and, and do well, but some of them come from a civil civil background, right? And that has its own strengths. But I, I think our background of being criminal defense attorneys is a strong differentiator because we know how to read a rap sheet. It's not as easy as you think. We have uh, easy facility with going to court and pulling um, criminal records. And um, we, know, we know the consequences. We know how to... Uh, pull the information out of the police report and, and share just the right amount, but not overshare. So I would say that's a strong differentiator. Yeah. And you know how the process works. Miranda, is it like on TV where, where you get a case and you go, Oh, it's, it's uh judge, uh, judge Wales. He's the hanging judge. Uh, <laughs> or is it like that at all? It, it does it do relationships matter when it comes to these types of issues in the courtroom? Relationships do matter. Um, it, it's not like it is on TV. I, I crack up because one of my shows I watch, they get a case in the morning and they're in trial the afternoon. Okay, that does not <laughs> happen. You're in trial like 18 months later, especially during COVID. But yes, to, to your point, relationships do matter. And I've learned another very interesting thing along the way. I learned that the opposing counsel, it's, it's the attorney general's office. They're the the prosecutorial agency that represents these boards in these licensing matters, discipline matters. And I always thought the attorney generals were going to be assigned to a certain board, like you'll be, you'll do the nursing cases. I had a guy, I'm bumping into him over in the real estate and the insurance. And what I find mm. is that just like I am born agnostic, the opposing counsel too moves around from different boards. And frankly, so do the judges. Another big surprise for me. In my criminal world, if it's a criminal judge, he doesn't tend to go to the civil world, you know, that often. I guess they could be assigned there. But in this world, I'll, I'll have a judge for one department and have him Department of Social Services and then have him in Department of Insurance. It's very interesting. So that re your reputation and familiarity doesn't hurt, let's put it that way, right, in those kind of situations. Yeah. Certainly in a, in a time when I'm sure the professional is uh, – is, is not feeling really good about where they are, you can say, hey, don't worry, we've got this, we've done this before, we can help you, just, uh, you know, just, just be calm. 
uh, and hang in there. Really, <laughs> I, it's a very, very important service that you provide, and I'm, I'm so happy it's been successful for you at Unlock Legal. The, the website is unlocklegal.com, and that's probably the best way for our listeners to get started to find out more about you, isn't it? Yes, it is. We have a brand new, fresh website, so everybody should go check it out, unlocklegal.com. And, you know, this is one of those things, uh, if you're a professional and you're listening to this, you might want to write this down or put it in your phone or something like that, just like if you had a, a DUI attorney, you know, you <laughs> in your in your license or, or your favorite doctor to call. Um, Miranda McCroskey at Unlock Legal is someone you should have on your speed dial or, or have that information close by in case you need it. So, Miranda, thanks so much. It's really a pleasure to talk to you again and hope to see you again sometime soon um, uh, in and around uh, uh, Orange County. Yes, or maybe Cabo. I bumped into you at the Cabo Airport a couple of years oh, yeah, ago. Remember that's right. that? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'd rather see you there. <laughs> Let's go there. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.